The presidential motorcade had just passed through heavy crowds in downtown Dallas and was circling through the fringes of the business district when three shots suddenly rang out. Destroying the media lies and dismantling the narratives. One story at a time. It's the Adrian Slate Show. Socialism has finally met its match in Venezuela. It's all collapsing. And I love what David Berg said. Yep, socialism definitely brings people together. Just a sea of people all over the place in Venezuela. I'm Adrian Slate. Thanks for tuning in. So Nicolas Maduro, you know, he assumed office back in 2013. He presided over the downward spiral of the Venezuelan economy while he was chomping on empanadas out of his desk drawer on national television addresses to the nation. And, you know, he basically took over for where Hugo Chavez left off. Now, during Hugo Chavez's reign, he obviously took advantage of the high oil price. You know, Venezuela's rich in oil, and we covered this on a show probably a little over a year ago, where we talked about how Venezuela, it's amazing because Venezuela sits on a cache, a gold mine of oil, only they can't refine it. They don't have the ability to refine it. They have to import oil from exporting countries, even though they sit on a gold mine, the biggest oil cache in the Western Hemisphere. But the problem is, When oil prices were high, Hugo Chavez decided to nationalize the oil industry. Sounds great. Let's peg the dollar or whatever you want to call the dollar, the, you know, the Venezuelan currency up against the oil price. And so when oil is trading about $100 a barrel, that's great. Make tons of money. Money's going to flow on in. The problem is they didn't take that money during their, their high times and reinvested in infrastructure to fix the collapsing Venezuela oil industry. No, they used it on welfare programs. They used it because the money was supposedly going to keep coming in. And then the oil price dropped. And then they had no money to fix the infrastructure of their oil refinery. Uh, The oil refinery and their extraction and all of that was just left to fall apart. So now they sit on a gold mine of oil and they can do nothing with it. And then their currency inflation went through the roof. We talked about how they they weigh stacks of money because their money means absolutely nothing. Their inflation was like, you know, what, 10,000% or something? It was ridiculous. So next thing we know, Venezuela, they're eating their dogs and cats. You know, Maduro's like eating empanadas and saying, oh, what's the matter? Let them eat pets. You know, it's, it, they're breeding rabbits. They were breeding rabbits because rabbits were faster than most animals that are edible to breed. And so they were thinking, okay, if we got to fix the food popula- uh, problem, just get the population to uh, breed rabbits. Huh, sounds like a winning idea there, Maduro. I saw documentaries where there was, uh, they believed in witchcraft. They were so broken. The citizenry was so broken that many of them believed in witchcraft. And there was this group of people, it was really interesting in this documentary that I saw, where a group of people basically, they worshipped what was statues of people who were like the, the, their modern day Robin Hood. What they did was the people that were involved with 
stealing from the rich and giving to the poor, those people, they ended up dying or they ended up being killed or whatever the case may be, those people were turned into statues. They made statues out of them, not out of them personally. That'd be kind of strange. They made statues that looked like them. And what they did was they prayed to them and they poured beer on them. You know, so now you're wasting beer in an economy like, <laughs> I'm just playing, you're wasting it in a Venezuelan economy. And then on top of it, you're now lionizing and worshiping people that were mafia people stealing from the rich and given to the poor in Venezuela. That's how it was. In, I mean, that's how it was over there. It was nuts. And so to see what's going on right now, Caracas, they're filling the streets, just seas of people. It's time people have had enough, and Maduro is going into his next term, and the people don't want it. And so they're, they're having enough of it. And so Juan Guidardo, I guess that's how you pronounce his last name, he has basically said, I'm going, he's the opposition party leader, he's going to go ahead and become the president of the nation. And Maduro's not too happy about that. He's told anyone involved in the U.S., embassy, staff, what have you, you got 72 hours to vacate. And the interim, new interim president, Juan Guiardo, he is now being recognized by the, by the White House. And this is from the U.K. Daily Mail. Hundreds of thousands of Venezuelans were due to march against Nicolas Maduro after dozens of smaller violent protests happened overnight. Opposition parties are trying to force socialist Maduro from power as he starts a second six-year term following an election that many consider illegitimate. Angry citizens protest late in the uh, evening on Tuesday of last week in at least 60 working-class neighborhoods around the country burning trash, clashing with troops, in an echo of violence in the street. Demonstrators two years ago saw this, and they were met with 165 people being killed. So this has happened before. A 16-year-old was shot to death at a protest in the poor west end of Caracas, and there is no official confirmation on the death. The information ministry did not immediately reply to a request for comment. Meanwhile, demonstrators also burned a statue of Hugo Chavez, who established the socialist system in Venezuela. Videos shared on social media show the statue in San Francisco or in the city of San Felix in flames as residents bang pots and pans. Now, what was interesting is they also burned the headquarters of the Socialist Party in Venezuela. So Juan Guidardo decides uh, he's going to basically declare himself president. They swore him in. The White House said the president, Donald Trump, has officially recognized the president of Venezuelan's National Assembly, Juan Guidardo, as the interim president of Venezuela. Trump himself tweeted out the citizens of Venezuela have suffered Far too long at the hands of an illegitimate Maduro regime. Today, I have officially recognized the president of Venezuelan's National Assembly, Juan Guidardo, as the interim president of Venezuela. John Bolton, secretary of state, said the people of Venezuela have courageously spoken out against the corruption of the regime, the shortage of food and medicine, because, I mean, the hospitals were empty. They don't even have stitches. They don't even have the rope for stitches. They barely have Band-Aids. Going back, the absence of rule of law today, President Trump recognized the president of the National Assembly, Juan Guidardo, as the interim president of Venezuela. Countries that now recognize the opposition leader as the interim president besides the U.S. is Canada, Brazil, Paraguay, Colombia, Peru, Ecuador, Costa Rica, and Argentina. And so one of the things we have to look at is 
there's a narrative floating around where supposedly it's a United States coup against Venezuela to bring down the socialist uh, regime. They believe it's the CIA. Code Pink put this out. Join us in front of the White House in opposition to the U.S.-backed coup against the democratically elected government of Venezuela. We've seen this before in Latin America, and it always turns out bad. Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, Trump is effectively declaring coup in Venezuela, recognizing an unelected right-wing opposition figure as president. You have 2.6 million followers and an enormous following on the left. You could have had a very positive impact by speaking out against Trump, the, uh, the Trump-led coup. Will you? Alexander, or this is Alejandro Hernandez. I'm reading a lot of Americans saying what's happening in Venezuela is a coup. I don't support Donald Trump, but there's two things you should know. You obviously don't know our Constitution. You have no effing idea what you're talking about. No effing idea. We're dealing with people on the left who are mad that their socialist template is being destroyed in real time for the world to see to show that their system of governance is complete BS. We're watching that collapse, and they're blaming it on a coup orchestrated by the United States. Never mind the fact that people are probably pretty daggone fed up. And if, if some sort of democracy facilitates itself in Venezuela, you remember Venezuela was a part of the orchestration of the caravan waves that we're dealing with here in the United States, along with Honduras. And I'm not just saying because of where they came from. The Maduro regime was funding out of the money that the government actually had. They were orchestrating this stuff. Honduras, El Salvador, Guatemala, those people, those countries are going to feel a spillover effect of democracy if it gets established in Venezuela, and hopefully so. This portion of the program brought to you by Cat Coolers. Cat Coolers are the most heavy-duty coolers, and they take, I mean, they will freeze and hold your food cold for hours. They won't freeze them, but you put ice in there, they're close to frozen. But these things are durable as you wouldn't believe. Throw them up against the wall. They will not break. Catcoolers.com is where you go. Use the, co- the promo code Adrian. You get 10% off. You help the Adrian Slade show. You help Mojo Five O. You get 10% off of a cooler that is indestructible. It's durable. You can take it to, say, you're a fishing, you know, say you like to go fishing with your kids out on the bay, out on the lake, out there in the ocean, do some deep sea fishing on the expeditions. Guess what? That cooler is perfect for it. Maybe you want to go to the beach and you don't want your food to get you know warm while you're hanging out. We go to the beach all the time, every summer, almost every weekend, and that would be an excellent cooler to take. Maybe you're working, you got your, you got your crew out on the job site. The perfect cooler to take care of all of your employee needs. Catcoolers.com is where you go. 10% off, use the promo code ADRIAN. Okay, so... In the midst of this chaos in Venezuela and this sea change, let's check out what actor Wilmer Valderrama shared because he had an emotional message of the solidarity of Venezuela just after our White House recognized Juan Guardo as the interim president. This is a message to all my colleagues, to all my friends, and uh, all my supporters. Um, and I, I wanted to uh, bring something to your attention. Today, Venezuela is going through something iconic, something historical. And uh, I want to encourage all of you guys, and I want to ask you guys uh, to be there with me and for me in this moment uh, and help and amplify. The stories that are coming out of Venezuela um, 
It's a moment of hope. And I'm very proud um, because we're endorsed so much. <sighs> Which is pretty touching. Somebody who lived through all of this and understands what the stakes are. But we have to ask ourselves a couple questions because, you know, we want to assume that a stand against what the Maduro regime is is automatically democratic. And would that be the case? Well, who is Juan Guiardo and who is the party he represents, the Popular Will Party? See, with the upheaval in progress in Venezuela, spectators like ourselves and those who have been extremely concerned about the well-being of the citizens of this collapsed state, we should be asking ourselves these questions. If Nicolas Maduro is ousted, what replaces his authoritative regime? Better than Satan isn't that much of a jump. You know, better than Hillary. But a change towards some sort of semblance of individual rights is better than the current situation. But before we begin cheering the sea change that's causing the citizenry to take to the streets to reject the illegitimate re-election and second six-year term of a despotic authoritative regime like the Nicolas Maduro regime under the previous Chavez template, we got to be honest about who's going to fill the void. Juan Girardo, he's 35 years old. He's an engineer. He's a politician, obviously. He serves as president of the National Assembly of Venezuela since going back to January 5th of this year. Now, Maduro stripped that legislative body of its powers back in 2017, even though it still meets and is recognized by most countries. He's a member of what's called the Popular Will Party. Now, this party was created in 2009. It has nine political leaders in jail, four with outstanding arrest warrants, and four who have gone into exile amid the threats. One of them is Leopold Lopez, who is currently under house arrest. He was sentenced to 13 years for conspiracy, arson, and inciting violence. He is the national coordinator of this party. It's also known as Voluntad Popular. The party's roots can be traced to student protests back in 2007 against the closing of RCTV's television station. And those marches helped forge a new batch of student leadership who have risen through political ranks, including Guillo Sichera and Salmanaski, who both of which, Jan Gier Sichera, is a U.S. trained lawyer, a prominent student activist. He was arrested on charges of possessing bomb-making material. And David Salmanaski, who is 31-year-old, he is a mayor of Hel Hati or El Hatio, which is the greater part of Caracas, who is the leading area in the uprising that's happening in Venezuela. He was actually summoned to the headquarters of the Bolivarian National Intelligence Service after he allegedly lied on social media about conditions of Gio Serra's uh, detention. He claims he's been briefly kidnapped before and seen his social media accounts hacked seven times by suspected government operatives. So... He is on the fringes, and he is also being accused of being a terrorist and an arms dealer, even has seen his Jewish ancestry attacked by public officials. Now, the Popular Will Party formed in a reaction to infringement of human rights and individual freedom under the Hugo Chavez regime. They, identi they identify as a pluralist and democratic movement. Now, of course, 
How do we think about democratic movements here in the United States? You got to think of it from the lens of the left. Remember, what they say is democratic a lot of times, or democracy is direct democracy. They're not looking at republicanism. They're looking at direct democracy. And so they're committed to progress. They're committed to the realization of the social, economic, political, and human rights of every Venezuelan. They support LGBTQ rights. They even have two LGBT members of the Venezuelan legislature, Tamar Adrian and Rosmit Matalia. Now, the pillars of their ideology are progress, democracy, and social action. Buzzwords that should make you go to the seat, you know, makes you make you step to the uh, edge of your seat on that. They call for an open and transparent government. The punishment of abuses of power by politicians is what they're looking to squash. Here's the thing that really hits you. It is a democratic socialist party. It's a member of the Socialist International Group, a worldwide association of political parties which seek to establish democratic socialism. They are considered center-left. So this argument out there about them being this this fascistic, far-right movement is all media spin. It's out there to make you think that what they're engaging in is something that is considered similar to what's happened in Brazil, what's happened in Hungary, what's happened in the United States under President Donald Trump. They want to make it seem like all of these new movements are uh, anti-immigration, far-right, fascistic, when really they're not. They're more of a reaction of over-leftism, over-progressivism. I mean, Hungary shut down its borders because they were tired of being mandated by the United Nations to take on refugees. They said, to hell with this, we're done with it. They did so for national preservation. Whether or not you look at it as a populist nationalist movement or whether you look at it as somebody who reveres their country and wants to save it from its destruction by losing its sovereignty, it's up to you. You pick. I'm going with the latter. I'm not going to say there aren't elements in there that are trying to hijack it because that's what's happening with the yellow vest. That's what's happening with the Golden Dawn in uh, Greece. That's what's going on with Le Pen. These organizations do have seedy, fascistic, nationalist elements outside trying to co-opt it, but that doesn't mean the core of its movement and its intentions is wrong. Same thing here. Now we have a Democratic Socialist Party, considered center-left, socialist and progressive tendencies. They're taking over from Maduro. That's great that we're taking it over from Maduro, but it's still Democratic Socialist. Which is funny because when you think about it from the lens of Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez and some of those people who are out there chastising this and blaming it on the CIA and trying to say that America is overthrowing Maduro and that he was duly elected, he was legitimately elected, wouldn't they want somebody who represents their ideology to step in and save a failed authoritative regimes like Maduro? I don't know. 
But they're out there, code pink, down the line, vilifying it. But we have to look at it and go, hey, we shouldn't be just out there praising this because it's still not something in line with representative republicanism. It's a step better, but better than Hillary doesn't make it better. It just makes it better than Hillary, right? Now, they do want to seek to make Venezuela the largest producer and exporter of oil. They don't want to nationalize the oil industry, but they do want to include the income from oil revenue in what's called a solidarity fund. They want to use this to alleviate poverty and to finance an efficient system of social security. They want to diversify the non-oil sectors of the economy. They oppose price controls, but they favor subsidizing domestic production. So there's going to be a governmental element, a big governmental element somewhere within the mix. Now, they do support market economy, but they oppose state capitalism as they should, as is displayed in China, as was displayed in Venezuela. Now, he's been sworn in just a couple of days ago as the interim president of Venezuela. And Mr. Girardo said the relationship between Venezuela and its state today is one of terror. When this happens, the voices and hopes of the world, the messages are the encouragement of the daily struggle to resist, to dream of democracy and for a better country. Griardo also offered amnesty to any of the members of the Venezuelan military whose loyalty is key to the government retaining power who will rebel against Maduro. Now, the United States, as I said earlier, we've recognized him as being the new president, at least in the interim. The White House is mulling an oil import ban that would quickly affect Venezuela's finances and further hasten the the decline of its oil production if Maduro continues to struggle to maintain power. So Maduro is out there railing against all this. He's like, who elects the president of Venezuela? Mike Pence? Donald Trump? Mr. Maduro asked her in a live address on state television. Maria Iris Varela Wrangler She's a top politician in Maduro's party. She wrote, Guirardo, I have already gotten your jail cell ready with the right uniform. I hope you name your cabinet quickly to know who will keep you company in jail, you stupid kid. (laughs) Pretty harsh words there. Government officials often describe the popular will party as a terrorist organization, which the party dismisses as intimidation tactics. Since 2017, the National Assembly has been effectively sidelined by new legislative bodies created under Mr. Maduro, packed with his supporters. Last year, the opposition was so divided over how to uh, confront the president that the two parties broke with a boycott to participate in the elections while the rest sat it out. So that's what we're dealing with in Venezuela. The leftist parties in America don't want to legitimize a move to democratic socialism in Venezuela, They want to see Maduro stay in power because they are true socialists. They want to say that they are not socialists and Venezuela is not a socialist regime, but it obviously is. Socialism is the government control of the means of production, not some commune of people like the Socialist Party of America was saying where the workers get together and they get to run it. No, the government ultimately runs it. And Maduro is being ousted. But what he's being ousted for may not be 100% of what we are looking for in a replacement, but it's a step in the right direction, hopefully. 
Now, our sponsor for this portion of the program is Tar River Arms. TRAguns.com is where you can go to check out 3D imaging of the best guns at the best prices, weekly specials, veteran-owned and operated. Go to the website, traguns.com. You can see 3D imaging specs of the type of weapons you want to purchase. Brick and mortar, no more. You can do it online, through the web, on your smart device. You can check out the specials and purchase it. Make sure to mention that you purchased it by hearing it on Mojo 5 and they're going to say, hey, you guys rock. Mojo 5 rocks, and we're going to continue supporting financially libertarian, free, conservative speech online over the airwaves. So we're going to get into some other issues going on in, in the news, but I wanted you to be aware of what's happening in Venezuela and not to get too happy about it back in just a moment. This is Adrian Slade. So we've been talking about what was going on down in Venezuela, that it's actually a socialist movement, even though it's a move in the right direction. It's a better direction, but at the same time, it's still moving in a socialist direction. And the party platform shows that Juan Guiardo and the popular will party has a very similar platform to that of the Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez and the Rashida Talib and the Ilian Omars, you know, Ms. Mogadishu out there. And what we have to realize is they are actually up in arms over the fact that this is something that's happening against the Maduro regime. They want to pretend that it's the CIA. It's always the CIA. They're out there destroying everything. They got everybody to go out into the streets. They got everybody to lobby against the Maduro regime. CIA is amazing. Maybe they can get with Zach De La Roca and they can talk about JFK and the CIA and the mafia. You know, the singer from Rage Against the Machine. He always had some sort of deal with JFK and the CIA and the mafia. But the CIA apparently has gone out and brought all these people out into the streets and allowed for this coup to occur. But, you know, when we get down to what's going on in Venezuela, again, it's a sea change that is necessary, but it could be that it's something we're doing for oil. I mean, you know, oil resources are plentiful down in, um, down in Venezuela. They're sitting on that gold mine, as we said. And it's something to take into consideration because, you know, this could be something that is something we're backing. Think of all the other countries that jumped in on this. We backed it very quickly. And we did so because we wanted to solidify a new direction in Venezuela. And that's all well and good. But are we doing it because we get something out of the deal? We get some sort of opportunity in this respect that basically... Whatever is happening in Venezuela, there's going to be a deal cut because remember, Iran and China were backing along with Cuba, Venezuela, and also Honduras. And China and Iran would benefit from the oil. So could it be that the United States decided to inject themselves into the situation because what happens next? Well, then we get the opportunity 
to take part in some of the oil revenue, some of the oil spoils from a Venezuela oil. I mean, listen to Donald Trump back in the day. Ultimately, the people will appreciate it. They're going to end up taking over the country eventually, but the people will appreciate it and they should pay us back. But we have to go in to save these lives. We should do on a humanitarian basis, immediately go into Libya, knock this guy out very quickly, very surgically, very effectively, and save the lives. After it's all done, we go to the protesters who end up running the country. They're going to like us a lot better than they will if we don't do it. More importantly, we're going to save lives. And we should then say, by the way, from all of your oil, we want reimbursement. We should have said, we'll help you, but we want 50% of your oil. They would have absolutely said, okay, 100%. In fact, they would have said, how about 75%? So, and isn't it sad? We could have had anything we wanted. We could have had 50% of those oil fields. You know, in the old days when you had a war, it's to the victor belong the spoils. So we could have had something special. When the so-called rebels came to us, we should have said, fellas, we're going to help you. We want 50% of your oil. They would have said, thank you very much. We have a deal. Write it down. Sign it. We have a deal. We would have been a rich nation again. They have tremendous oil reserves in Libya. Instead, we help. We get nothing. We're very, very foolishly led. Our leaders, unfortunately, are... Who ultimately knows the motivation? I mean, there's a lot of countries that have already chimed in, that have already decided that they're going to recognize the interim uh, administration of Juan Guiardo and the Popular Will Party. And it could be because of the fact that these things are going on. You know, we have Ilhan Omar out there talking about Uruguay and Mexico. And obviously, Mexico has had no say on this matter. They haven't weighed in at all. So who knows what is going through their minds? Do they care that Maduro is being unseated? I mean, when we get into the, uh, the details of who in the, in the world is angry about a Maduro regime falling like Hezbollah in Iran, it gets really interesting. And it makes you wonder about some things that are going on at our southern border. Now, real quickly, this portion of the program sponsored by Cat Coolers, made by Caterpillar. So Cat Coolers are durable. They're like a freaking rock, and they keep things cool for a long period of time. And they've got various different uh, depths. They've got various different sizes. Go to catcoolers.com. These things are amazing. Like I said, they are a freaking rock. They will not break Take it fishing, you know, on your fishing expeditions. Maybe you're going out on the bay. Maybe you're down here on the ocean. You're going to go, you know, out into the ocean, do some deep sea fishing. Maybe you're going to go to the beach like we do every weekend. Maybe you have a crew and you want to take it out on the job site to keep your crew's food and beverages nice and cold. Catcoolers.com. Use the promo code Adrian. 10% off. And you also help out the Adrian Slade Show. You also help out Mojo Five O. Make sure to use the promo code catcoolers.com, promo code Adrian, for 10% off of your cat cooler order. So we were talking about Ilian Omar, how she supports the same individuals who support Maduro, and that would be Hezbollah, 
not to mention Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez and also Code Pink. They all think that this is some sort of CIA coup. The CIA got all those people out in the streets of Caracas. Freaking amazing. The CIA is unbelievable. So listen to what Ilhan Omar had to say about this. The U.S.-backed coup in Venezuela is not a solution to the dire issues they face. Trump's efforts to install a far-right opposition will only incite violence and further destabilize the region. We must support Mexico, Uruguay, and the Vatican's efforts to facilitate a peaceful dialogue. So we talked about that earlier. Wanted to read it again just so you were very aware of what was going on with her stance on Venezuela. Well, she's got interesting stances, all right. How about her stance on ISIS recruits from her locality? Yeah, Ilhan Omar asked a judge for compassion in ISIS recruitment settlement. Yep, Fox 9. Sentencing recommendations filed for Minnesota ISIS suspects right there in Mogadishu, Minnesota. The prosecution and the defense teams submitted their recommendations for the sentencing of nine Minnesota men accused of trying to join ISIS. The deadline for submitting the recommendations was Thursday night. For the young men who pled guilty, prosecutors are recommending leniency with sentences of 15 years in prison. For two cooperating witnesses, Abdirzak, Warsame, and Abduli Youssef, prosecutors are recommended 54 months, 42 months in prison, respectively. But for the three men who went to trial and were found guilty of conspiracy to provide material support to a terror group and conspiracy to commit murder outside of the United States, the prosecutors recommended longer sentences. They requested 30 years in prison for Mohammed Abdali Farah and Abdirman Yasmin Daud and 40-year-old Guled Omar. The defense pushed for lighter sentences, said the young immigrant men were caught between two worlds, the United States and pride in their Somali heritage. That's all it was. Remember, we were told, we were told that unemployment was the reason for jihad in the Middle East. We just give them some jobs. You know, that'll keep them. They'll be happy with life. In fact, there was uh, one tweet that Pamela Geller put out where there was an actual Al-Qaeda terrorist. Oh, he was a doctor. Sounds like he had a good job. Doctor? I mean, you know, engineers? From my understanding, some of the pilots of the 9-11 hijacking had pretty good degrees. So they want to say that it was immigrants caught between two worlds. The world of the United States pride in their Somali heritage. Yeah, not going to buy that one. The defense argued that young men were lured by propaganda on the internet. Yeah, it's like those predatory housing loans. They come out, they grab you by the leg. You will buy a house. You will buy a house at the top of the market. And when everything goes underwater, you're going to be stuck paying for it. And we're going to walk out counting the dough. Make it rain in here. Same thing with predatory propaganda. You know, they were just young men perusing the internet. Maybe they were looking at some uh, some online porn. Maybe they were trying to buy some stuff on Amazon. And then, boom! The propaganda showed up. And the internet turned these true Muslims 
into Islamic killers. Because apparently, propaganda on the internet suggested that a true Muslim should be in Syria, saving other Muslims who are killed and trying to restore the caliphate. So I'm thinking that, you know, if you're thinking that the caliphate's a big deal, you're probably one foot in, in jihad land. I don't know. The following is a list of recommendations pertaining to each defendant. Muhammad Farah, prosecution requested 30 years in prison and lifetime of supervised release. Abdirman Daud, prosecution requested 30 years in prison, lifetime of supervised release. Gulen Omar, prosecutors requested 40 years in prison, defense requested 15 years. And the list goes on. But Ilhan Omar from Mogadishu, Minnesota. Yeah, she had some issues and she wanted to get them to go light on the ISIS recruits. And this is the same individual who wants to be a thorn in the side of President Trump and any GOP-led effort to secure the border. She's the same one who is backing Nicolas Maduro in alignment with Hezbollah. And it's not because they want open borders. They just want the kids. The kids can't be put in cages and the mothers can't be separated from their kids. And they're just looking for a new life. You know, things are just rough down there. It's pretty violent. You know, it's not like we have refugees running to the southern border, the border states of Texas and Arizona, New Mexico and what have you, all because of violence in Chicago. No, that's not happening. You know, we didn't have refugees from from Los Angeles, from, you know, the Watts riots, you know, the Bloods and the Crips didn't make it so violent that they had to be shuffled down to a, a detention center just for vetting down at the southern border. The reason for the vetting, the reason for the separation of kids is, one, drug trafficking, human trafficking, Islamic terrorism creeping in across the border with drug cartels, looking in to see whether or not the individual coming with the kid is actually related or even a parent. Nine times out of ten, they're not. And they're a part of the, tr uh, the child trafficking that is going on across the border. So there's reasons for why they do what they do. And to have the 116th House of Representative freshmen come into power and think that they're going to change the world and they're going to turn around and back the Palestines or Palestinian uh, regime that doesn't even have any sort of claim to the land they live upon in favor of destroying the uh, Israel's, uh, the Israeli nation, uh, the Jewish state, because of the fact that they want to boycott, divest, and uh, sanction, you know, the is Israel's, uh, the Israelis. I keep wanting to call them the Israels, but there's not, you know, anybody named Israel. It's, uh, the Israelis. But that's what we're dealing with. They're on the path of, of total progressivism. And they are the new party. That is the new Democrat party. Your Pelosi's, your Schumer's, your Jim Webb's. The Jim Webb doesn't even have a place in that party. Joe Manchin, the moderates, where do they go? So real quick, I want to tell you about a sponsor that we have, Tar River Arms, TRA arms or traguns.com is the website go to their website traguns.com check out the 3d imaging you can see the specs from all different angles of the type of arm that you want to purchase it's veteran-owned operated and really good weekly specials so get on over to traguns.com 
Make sure to let them know Mojo50 is supporting traguns.com. Purchase your weapon at really good prices, really good deals, weekly specials, veteran-owned and operated, online, brick-and-mortar stores be damned. You now have to deal with traguns.com. Buy your weapon and support your Second Amendment rights today. All right, now, breaking news, we have a Roger Stone update. At your house, the feds will be storm the room way early. News way. federal agents does it take to arrest somebody on a uh, process crime of lying to Congress? Apparently quite a bit. Apparently a ton of armed agents. That's what it requires. If you're going to go busting into somebody like Roger Stone's house at 6 a.m., oddly enough, CNN was right on the beat. Now, look, you know my love-hate relationship with Roger Stone. I mean, the guy's a nut. He's the one, remember, he attacked Ted Cruz in the primaries. He was the one who had the Daily Caller article destroying Ted Cruz during the primaries. And he was considered Daily Caller's fashion expert, right? So that's how he was able to get in there and do an expose, basically destroying Ted Cruz. But you know what? Ted Cruz has been helping Donald Trump. Trump is our president. Roger Stone is no longer there. So I don't really care anymore as much. But... To say that I'm a Roger Stone fan or an advocate, nah, not so much. But here's the interesting thing. It's what they got him on and how they arrested him. And then on top of how they arrested him, who was there when the arrest was going down? That's interesting. So apparently Roger Stone getting information from WikiLeaks, like the rest of us, not like we didn't get this information from WikiLeaks, But apparently they think he has some sort of inside connection with Julian Assange and how he was the one leaking information to the Trump campaign about Hillary Clinton's emails, which emails that should have been classified, should have been secured on a real server, a government-run server. But, you know, that all gets brushed to the side. No one cares about those details. No one cares about a secretary of defense or secretary of state, actually, with classified emails, with the classifications being actively removed at the request of Secretary of State, with the fact that they're on a private server in a bathroom in some upstairs uh, building. I, I don't know. None of that ever really comes into question. But apparently Roger Stone must have lied to Congress and CNN was there on the beat. In fact, Greta Van Susteren, who worked at uh, Fox She was one of the first to bring this up. She said, CNN cameras were at the raid of Roger Stone. So FBI obviously tipped off CNN. Even if you don't like Stone, it is curious why Mueller's office tipped off CNN instead of trying to quietly arrest Stone. Quiet arrests are more likely to be safe to the FBI than the person arrested. Oh, it was a public spectacle. I mean, you should see the video footage. 
But this was done for one reason and one reason only, to hoodwink the low-information voter. This is so Whoopi Goldberg and Joy Behar will get on The View later that afternoon and go, look at this. Oh, my gosh. They've got, they've got Roger Stone now. Russian collusion. Roger Stone is in custody. He's evil. Never mind due process. But we're gonna, we don't need due process. They had a whole bunch of vehicles with armed federal agents pulling this guy out of his house. He must be guilty. And he was with the Trump campaign, so he's evil and he definitely is guilty. I mean, this wasn't CNN with a Bernard Shaw under the desk in a hotel in Iraq, you know, under in a Holiday Inn in Iraq moment. This was a leak to help legitimize the propaganda of a network that's failing like CNN while making a scene to fool the public into thinking this was some damning indictment. You know, I mean, Roger Stone put this up on his Instagram, said this morning's news is deeply saddening. Robert Mueller's early morning raid was straight out of the Gestapo's playbook. We must fight for Roger Stone now more than ever. If they can do this to Roger, they're coming for us next. And that was attributed to his staff. It's like David Burge said, you ever get the feeling you're living in a Tom Wolfe novel? Well, yeah. I mean, this is unbelievable. And I love MJ Lee from CNN. She said, as a journalist, Greta Van Susteren, you should know better than most journalists. Being on the scene doesn't obviously mean that there was a tip-off. Really irresponsible tweet to send out to more than a million followers. Our reporter was on the scene, David G. Shortell. That's why David was already there in the opening theme to the Roger Stone report. Reported on the air that there was an unusual grand jury activity. And that activity yesterday made him decide to stake out that house, Roger Stone's house, a decision any other reporter or outlet would have made. Yeah, where did he get that activity from? Did he get that activity from like the uh, grand jury scanner? Is there like a grand jury court scanner? You tune in, uh, breaker, breaker, one, nine. We got ourselves a rubber ducky and we got ourselves a liar to Congress. Uh, what's your ETA? I don't think that that's what was happening. I mean, obviously the leak was pretty huge. Sean Davis from the Federalist said nobody, not even CNN believes that CNN sent a full camera crew to a single house in South Florida before dawn because it noticed unusual grand jury activity which by law is secret in D.C. It was tipped by somebody in law enforcement, and everybody knows it. Brian Selter responded with, you're revealing your ignorance about the news business again. This is how news gathering works. Listen to CNN themselves talk about their stellar reporting and how they were able to get them in the act. So, so, Josh, th- this, these are extraordinary measures, are they not, to see the FBI? They didn't give Roger Stone the option of appearing in court voluntarily as they did Paul Manafort. I mean, they, they raided his home, but they didn't arrest him at his home. Why does the FBI take a step like this, pre-dawn, tactical suits, uh, no warning in advance? Why would they do this? Well, it'll be interesting for us to find out whether or not he actually had the option 
uh, to turn himself in and mm -hmm. what discussions were underway between prosecutors and uh, his own attorneys. We know that he's been out there saying that, you know, I won't you know, turn on the president, uh, being, you know, very defiant. And so it may have just come to the point where the FBI said, OK, we have a warrant at hand. Yeah. It's time to go get him. We're not you know, going to wait for him to come show up. And what we're seeing there in this amazing video from our uh, colleague David Shortell there down in Florida uh, is w the textbook case where you're going to arrive, you know, in the early morning hours. They knock, they announce themselves, they told them, you know, at least announcing why they were there. And then obviously he showed up. There was no uh, need for them to breach the door and to go in and actually find him. And what's really interesting, Jim and Poppy, is that, you know, I've uh, conducted many arrests in my FBI career where your goal is to, uh, you know, get the bad guy. You positively identify him, you take him into custody, and now you're off to jail. That video we were seeing there a second ago, the aerial footage of the search underway, once the tents show up and once the evidence response team shows up, uh, that tells us that there's a lot more going on. Unbelievable. CNN, the only news organization on the scene of the crime. They were there with the cameras rolling. Oliver Darcy, who used to be with the blaze. I don't know what happened to this guy. What an irresponsible thing to tweet with no evidence. Greta Van Susteren. The reporter who was there, David Shortell, said on CNN that the crew was staked out at Stone's house this morning after CNN reporters noticed unusual grand jury activity in D.C. on Thursday and thought something can happen. That's intuition. That is unbelievable. What kind of major intuition is that? I mean, a CNN exclusive. Anonymous sources told CNN federal agents are going to raid Roger Stone at the break of dawn. Be there or be square. Who believes these people? You can't even believe a thing CNN says at the moment. And so we're supposed to turn around and trust that they just had intuition. You know, they just happened to know in advance. They were just with it on the ball. CNN, you know, nobody is staking out the home of Peter Stroke on the basis of unusual evidence tampering. You know, even though the DOJ destroyed missing uh, stroke and Lisa Page text before the inspector general reviewed him. Nope, not at all. So obviously when people say, oh, like John Harwood from CNBC, the key passage in Roger Stone's indictment was he was contacted by senior Trump campaign officials to inquire about future releases of stolen information by WikiLeaks. <sighs> yeah, that's absolutely nothing. So think about the coercion Think about the ability of government to make a scene, to support a narrative. They have the power to coerce you into doing whatever it is they want you to do. They have the power to break down your door like they did with Elian Gonzalez. And they have the ability to lean your bank accounts. They have the ability to put a gun to your head. They have the ability to show up at 6 a.m. before your neighbor goes on a jog. He said, FBI arrested my neighbor Roger Stone before the morning jog that I had. I've only seen crap like this in the movies. Crazy start to my Friday. Yeah, bet it's a crazy start to Roger Stone's Friday to know the heavy hand of government's coming down on his ass. But that's how it happens. You as a citizen ought to be very concerned about the fact that they decide to show up instead of just, you know, grabbing you in the middle of the night not making a big deal about it. There's no guns blazing. Why are armed why are armed federal agents showing up in six different vehicles to the guy's house? Because government has that power. 
These idiots on the left, these progressives that go on and on about Wall Street. Wall Street is so evil and they, they just look out for the rich. Guess what? Wall Street can't lean your bank accounts. They can't freeze your bank accounts. They can't put a gun to your head. Government can, and they can turn around and make a spectacle out of arresting you in hopes of painting a narrative of Russian collusion when there is no evidence and it has to go through some sort of due process. But let's burn him in the court of public opinion because that's what we like to do. We like to paint the narrative, make the narrative sensationalize through one of our propagandist wings like CNN and put it out there for everybody to see. And this is no different from a Nicolas Maduro-style regime. The deep state needs to be rooted out, that being the DOJ, the FBI, the NSA. It all needs to end. I'm Adrian Slade. I appreciate you tuning into the show. You can listen to the show on Mojo Five O. It is the edgiest and newest conservative libertarian talk network every Wednesday night, 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Also on Saturday, 5 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Midnight, Sunday morning, Eastern Standard Time. And on Sunday at 5 p.m. Check out the podcast. You can check it out on Mojo Five O's Spreaker page. Spreaker.com, or you can check it out on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play, iHeart Podcast, TuneIn, Podbean, Overcast, anywhere podcasts are hosted, you can get the uh, free Adrian Slade Show podcast. Be sure to rate it. Give it a five-star rating if you can. That helps bring it up in the ranks. You could also donate to the show. Patreon.com slash Adrian Slade Show. Or go to anchor.fm and donate. We'll see you guys next time.